Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Good, uh, good to be together this morning or this afternoon uh, with you. Um, I'm, I'm just simply going to continue on. This is our fancy new graphic we have for this series that Phil began to introduce us on um, over the last two Sundays so powerfully around listen. You know, our heart and our reason and our motive behind it was because we wanted to try and lead church in such a way about what does it actually mean for us as a people to position ourselves to hear the voice of God in our lives because we believe that God desires to speak to us. We want to keep reinforcing that today. And some of the things Phil's looked at very practically even over the last couple of weeks, what are some of the barriers or the blockages that can stop us as, as we listen these verses that Phil introduced us to? The reality is this is where the church was almost birthed on in these moments. Um, in Revelations, we're told this, he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The Spirit desires to speak to the church. We believe that, don't we? And, uh, and Phil made us aware of this, that actually it's not just once, but seven times in the book of Revelations we're told that. And also within the gospel narratives, this is repeated as well. He that is ears to hear, let him hear. If we have a heart and a desire to hear these things, there's a call upon us to be a people that listen. Father desires to speak to us as sons and daughters. And for us as the people, for us as the church, we're being called to, to listen. On, on Grow on Monday night um, in, the, in the discipleship program that we run here in church, um, I began to talk about this, you know, because the reality is when, when Father desires to speak to us, there's, there's something which is a crucial resource for us in terms of our engagement with God as he desires to speak. And it's this, it's time. It's one of the most precious resources that's available to us. And yet we need to be able to create time and to carve time for God to be able to speak to us, for us to be able to hear. But I was sharing with the guys on Monday night, you know, that when we talk about time, there's two Greek words that actually talk about the meaning of time. There's this first word, which is the word chronos, which is where we get the idea or the, uh, the reality of chronological time. So chronos means successive or sequential time where seconds lead into minutes that lead into hours. And we think about that, you know, in terms of we all have 24 hours in a day. Usually when we say we don't have enough time, we're thinking about this, the space and the sequential period of time. We're thinking we don't have enough space in that 24 hours sometimes. It's what we would say. And yet we all have the same 24 hours as each other, don't we? And to be able to do that. The other version or the other word, Greek word that's used for time is this Greek word karos, which is an event. It's an opportunity. When God, what God does and the beautiful way that God acts within our lives is that in our chronos, in our sequential period of time, there are these chaos moments where God steps in and interrupts almost our, our 24-hour period of time and steps in with these moments because he desires to speak. God can speak in lots of different ways. God might speak through situations. God is speaking at the moment even through the situation that is happening in the world. God might speak to you through specific people. God might speak to you through the Holy Spirit, specifically a word to you. God definitely, and this is why the last couple of weeks we've been looking at this, the primary and initial way that he will speak to you is through the written word. It is there for us. God desires to speak. And the significance about a Kairos moment is this. All Kairos moments are opportunities for growth. 
God as Father desires to take us from where we're at and to lead us into more, to lead us into a further progression of our relationship with him and to lead us as the church into the more and more that he has for us. These Kairos moments are significant for us in our lives. And, uh, and, and what I want to do today, there's a bit of a, a spoiler alert for you. What, what, what I want to do today with you is, if, if I'm being honest, I feel, I said this in the first service, I, I feel pretty vulnerable this morning, if I'm being honest, uh, as, as I come to share. Um, what one of the things that we, we both love to do for Phil and I is we, we love to be able to, to teach the Word. I, I love to take a passage and to pull it apart and to try and teach it in that way. But there, I felt the Lord really speak to me very specifically this week, um, over the last week period. And I felt like the clarity and the word that the Lord had given to me personally wasn't just for me, but it was for the church. And so what, what I'm planning to do for the next 20 minutes, I just want to say that there was a teach that I had already lined up in my head that I was going to do today, the passage and everything already thought out. And I feel I'm going to park that for now, if it's okay. Maybe the next time I'm up, if it's the right time for it. Maybe if it's not, but maybe I'll do it at that stage. But I feel today, well, all I really want to do is just to share with you a word that the Lord had given me. And I want to just pull out a few points. But I would love for you to sit with you and for you to meditate on it and for you to reflect on because this word might mean different things to you. But I feel it's a word in season for us as a church. So is that all right? Just if I share it, this is my disclaimer alert. You're not going to get lots and lots of scripture today, but I just want to simply tell you. And also as a disclaimer, I want to say that this will allow you to see just a bit of the weirdness of my mind and uh, how God has been interacting with me. Back in 2017, for many of you who have been around church over the last number of years, you will have heard me back then. You might remember it. Some people this morning said they remembered it really vividly. But in 2017, I had this really, really unusual incident where God started to speak to me through a box of eggs right? So there's the first really weird disclaimer alert. God started to speak to me through a box of eggs. And what happened was um, I had this box of eggs. It was a 12 box of eggs that I'd got from Tesco's or something like that. And 11 out of the 12 eggs all had double yolks, right? Um, never really would have happened much. Lee, who's a, a down at the back, is a, is a farmer with hens and all this. Lee, what's the proper name for that? Poultry farmer, whatever it might be. And, uh, and Lee was saying, actually, sometimes it can be quite frequent, but it never really ever happened to me before. And in this moment, it was like every single time an egg was cracked, there were double yolks. This is what our kitchen used to look like. There's our worktop and there's my jammy bottoms down at the bottom in this picture. So there's another weird introduction to who I am. I wear stripy pajamas, right? And uh, and in this moment, what really happened, it was quite vivid. For me, this was one of these Kairos moments. It could feel like it was just a, a usual sort of moment. I was, and please stay with me when, this, when I'm saying it, right? This isn't a fluffy thing, but in this moment, and what was a very normal event, we're making breakfast. In this moment, God started to speak. And in this Kairos moment, I felt God really start to speak to me through this about that this was going to be a season of a double portion. It would be a season of double portion. I believed it for myself at that stage. This is the verse that I was really praying for myself. Sorry, Gav Weathers, who's one of um, my good friends in church, um, told me this. This is he looked up. He went and Google searched statistics. Lee said it might not be right, but um, he said it's one in a thousand chance of of having a double yoke. And so to have eleven of them was actually this big number one and whatever chance that is, right? So anyway, that that's a by the by. But what actually happened for me? I felt with this word, a season of double portion. I felt it really personal 
that this is what I was believing for in this narrative in 2 Kings 2 verse 9. When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. This is what I started to pray for myself really specifically. I started to pray and say, God, whatever you've been doing in my life, whatever you've been depositing in my life, whatever grace and anointing you've given me, I want more. I'm believing for you in a double moment for it in my life. At that stage, I believed that it was God was speaking to me, but I also believed it was a word for church. And so I shared it with church. It was, it was beautiful, actually. A couple of people just off the back of it, a couple of people texting as well. We're here in the first service saying about how the word was really specific in lots of different ways and difficulties. It was a breakthrough moment around it. In these moments, in this chaos moment, when the spirit engages with it, it's to lead us forward into more sometimes through the difficulties of it. Uh, and and in, in this time, actually, as I reflected back in 2017, that was when I first had this word. In 2017, as I look back at our records, actually, this was a year where, through lots of our different ministries and different things, there were 82 people that came to faith that year. 82 people that had said an initial yes to God, that it began in this discipleship journey with Jesus. And as I look back actually at 2016 and 2018, the years either side, the figures were almost double what had been happening. This was a season of double portion for us, we believe, as a church. So that was 2017. Let me share what happened then. So this week, I... Not, so we're not Friday past the Friday before. Um, so I'm telling you a lot about our family, right, and what happens. And so I would do a lot of the breakfasts, right? Laura loves cooking, I'm sure. But so I, I just, I get to, to do a lot of the breakfasts. Uh, and enough Friday morning in, in the house, when I got up, I was up well enough, good enough in time. So I decided I was make, going to make the kids some scrambled eggs. And I got another box of eggs out of the fridge. And uh, and I cracked, I cracked the egg, and as the egg came out, it was a double yolk. And, and in this moment, and so the last thing I want to do, hear me in this, I don't want to be here today to talk about eggs. Right? In this moment, as it happened, I felt like it was, it was the clearest I've heard in a long while, just the spirit, what he had said was simply this word. I am about to do it again. Be expectant. I am about to do it again. Be expecting. And, and I, I've been saying this, sharing this with some of my friends over the last while. In that moment, there was almost like, I felt like a boldness in my spirit like that I haven't felt in such a long while. I knew that this was way more to do than a box of eggs, right? This was the spirit was promising something in the depths of the spirit that believed, and we're going to share at the end what it feel it means for us. But yet I knew in that moment that while there was something deep in the things of the spirit that the spirit was speaking to me, that he was about to show it again with the sign. And I knew what the sign was going to be, because I'd seen it before. And so sure was I, even in my own spirit, I felt that I ran to go and grab my phone. I stopped with the eggs, put down my whisk and my milk and all that sort of stuff. I ran and got my phone because I wanted to get ready for this. I wanted to mark this moment. And what happened was one after one, as the eggs were cracked, there was just more double yolks in, in, in this moment. And I felt, felt in this moment that there was such, again, as I said, a real boldness stepping up. The, the almost gentle rebuke, though, I felt. And again, the last thing I'm here to talk about is eggs. 
The gentle rebuke that I felt almost, or nudge from the spirit to me was this. With the boldness and expectation that arose inside of me at that moment, I almost felt the spirit say, if I could believe it for that, could I not believe it for what he was really about? If I could believe it for something as simple as a box of eggs, could I actually believe it for what he really wanted to release? Because the word that he was saying is, I am about to do it again. Be expectant. I was saying in first service, you know, in the book of Joel, if I was to write my own translation of the Bible, you know that passage in Joel 2 where it says, in these last days, the Spirit will be poured out in all flesh. Your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. I would probably put in there, and some people would even be spoken through a box of eggs, right? We could put it in there because it had happened. But God was speaking something specifically. But here's the word that I just simply want to land this morning and just want to just allow us to focus around and even just try and leave some time for ministry at the end. The thing, the word that the Spirit was speaking around was this, expectation. What are we expecting for in this moment? For me, even in the simplicity of just knowing, just knowing in the depth of me that this was about to happen again, just even in the simple act of a box of eggs, in the simple simplicity of that, I felt like the Spirit was saying, what are we expecting for? Send this to me personally, but it's what I want to pose to us as our church family this morning. In this moment of our lives, in this key moment in our lives, what are we expecting for in the things of the Spirit? Do we believe this word? I'm about to do it again. Be expecting. For some of you, that will mean different things very personally, and there's certain things very generally I want to just share this morning just four things. When we're talking about being expectant, one of the things that I feel it's really clear that we all should be expecting around is this. For times of freshness and personal encounter in the word, Phil has led us so powerfully the last number of weeks around the encounters and expectations we can have in the word. What can so easily happen, though, is that you would listen to that and think that that is an amazing word, but the reality and the circumstances in your own life and your own engagement with the word almost feels like a dry or a barren place and experience of that. And sometimes because of that and the disappointment you've had in those moments, there's not an expectancy for what actually lies ahead with it. And yet this is the word that I feel again even around it for us this morning. Each time, this is what I believe for us, each time we open the word, it's a fresh invitation to a moment of intimacy and encounter with the Father because this is, this is what we need to realize and get into our heads. God is a Father who loves us. And you are his son and you are his daughter. And in this moment, he actually wants to engage with you and to relate with you. And the way that we can almost have a stumbling block around that is because we can read the Bible in one of two ways. We can either read it around because we know we have to. We almost want to get it done, to almost tick the box to say that we've got our quiet time done or to almost make ourselves feel a little bit better because we've got our quiet time done. And sometimes even in our own minds, we think that there's this process. If I can read the Bible and get through 10 minutes of this and maybe say a prayer, God will be really happy with me. God will like me a little bit more today because I spent time with this. And this is a father who already loves you and has already demonstrated his love and his favor upon us by giving us his son that we've just celebrated this morning. He can't demonstrate it with any greater love than this. His love has been given to us. His love is already upon us. And sometimes we can either read the Bible with the thought that we have to do it. It's almost out of routine or ritualistic ways of doing it. Or we can read it with an expectancy in our heart that this is a moment when God can actually speak to me. God desires to speak to you. Every time 
Each time we open the Word, it's a fresh invitation to a moment of intimacy and encounter with the Father. This does not have to be a dry and a dull thing. It does not have to be dull. Every moment can be one of these Kairos moments where God can encounter. And here's just something I just want to pose with you. Here, here, here's a really good way. So we see some of the guys here from Grow. Um, you might have picked up some of this. But one of the things that I feel it's really important is that as we read the Word, I would simply say this, read small amounts. Do you know where Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light? <laughs> I find sometimes you might, be, you might love reading. And so reading big amounts might be your sort of thing that you do. And you know what? Sometimes it is really important to read big portions of Scripture. Like when you were studying, it's really important to read it in context and all those. I am talking about these moments of intimacy, right? Where we're sitting having an intimate moment with our Father who wants to engage and deposit something to us as His Son and to His daughter. And in these moments when we're engaging with it, what I'd be saying to you is His yoke is easy, His burden is light. Read small amounts with us. And so I'd be suggesting 10, 15, 20 verses, whatever it might be for you. Read small amounts in this moment and read it over and over and over again. In this moment when you're engaging in the small amounts, the second thing I've simply said to you to do is this, is to meditate on that word. Meditation is a principle that has been stolen from Christian circles. We almost think that this is a new age or a weird thing, and it's not. It's deeply scriptural. The psalmist would say, on your law, I meditate day and night. <laughs> Meditation is a key part for us when we can go over and over. And so like that's why we saying, take a small amount of scripture and go over it and over it. Read it out, over, loud, repeated over and over and over again. I used to be a biology teacher. And so we used to say this, that actually that biology, uh, biology teacher, a cow has four chambers of its stomach. It's divided into four different areas. And what a cow would do is probably one of the best imagery that we can almost have for meditation. A cow would take a big whack of grass and would chew on it and would swallow it into one of the chambers in the stomach. And then there's a bit of a yucky bit because it regurgitates it and brings it up into its mouth. And it chews on it again and swallows it into the next chamber of the stomach and then regurgitates it and brings it up and chews on it again. This is almost what like meditation is for us. It's not a quick fix of a quickly flicking through to get our chapter done and a tick box to say, there God, I've done my quiet time for today. This is a moment when we set aside some of our Kronos time for a Kairos moment in time when God is going to engage with us in that moment and we meditate. We delight in his word and we delight in these things. And this is finally what I would simply say with us and then I need to get back to my pages because I'm about to go off on a big tangent. Don't stop until you sense God speak something specific to you. Don't stop. Don't settle for second best. Don't settle for a religious moment where you're just going through the motions to almost again just get everything done. Do not stop until you can settle in your heart. God, what are you saying to me? Through this, what are you saying to me specifically? Do not stop do not give up in that moment until you've been through it. This is almost what it was like for Jacob when he wrestled with the Lord. And then I do not give up. Take hold of it and take hold of what is rightfully yours in this Karis moment. God wants to speak. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? I can hear us a bit. I know you've got masks on. But yes, I'm hoping that we can believe this. God's desire is for us. And he's a father who loves us. Do we understand this? He's a father who delights in us. He's a father who desires to relate with us and to engage with us and desires to speak to us. So go after it and hunger after it. Be expectant. 
be expecting for those times in the Word. Be expecting for God to still work all things together for good. We're in the middle of a really, really difficult situation. And sometimes what happens in the, in the mindset is that we just focus on the loss. We focus on the negative. And yet this is, these are not just ideals, some of the verses and the promises of God through some scriptures. We either hold them as promises, because the Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Isn't that right? So we either believe that all the promises of God are there for us to claim and to hold into and to be expectant for in our lives, or they're not. And so when we see verses like this in Romans 8, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you hope for a, and a future. And then the words of Jesus in ton, John 10, 10, not ton, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have life to the Phil. And if we're expectant that actually God desires for us to experience life in the fullest way possible, then that changes how we engage with situations. Even as we go through difficult moments like this, it changes it because it causes us to start asking the right questions in these moments. Rather than the focus of God, why? Many people are asking us, God, why are you doing this? God, why this? Why that? God, why this loss? And listen, it's not to belittle the hardship that many of us are facing at the moment. It's not to downplay that. But yet in the midst of it, even in the difficult moments, there's an expectation of God, I believe that you're working all things together for good. God, I believe that you still desire fullness of life for me. And those are the things that to be pressing into and to lift your head up and to start asking the question of God, even in the midst of these difficult times, what are you adding to me? As your son, as your daughter that you love and you desire good things for me, what are you adding to me at this moment? Be expectant that God desires good things for you as a son and a daughter. Expectation is crucial in this. For times of refreshing in the word, for God to still work all things together for good, for salvation. 2017, we said, was a, was a great year. But this year, this year at the start of the year, God spoke to Phil and said, could you believe him for a thousand lives? And I don't want us to give up on that. I want us to be expectant. I feel like that there's been starting to be, even in the corporate prayer the last couple of weeks, there's been starting to be times of refreshing even around that. And life groups as well, we've started to press into it that we could be expectant, not just in our prayers, but we're starting to realize that actually we all have a significant part to play in that. That whatever it is that we are carrying and whatever the Spirit has deposited in our lives, the good things that the Father has given us actually is ours now to give away and to tell other people about, about a Savior who loves them, about a God who loves them so much that he's given his very son for them, that we would have the passion and desire to be able to tell people Jesus is everything. Jesus is the hope that you need at this time. That is ours to be able to do. Are we expectant for salvation? And then finally, that we would be a people that would be expectant for revival. We, before lockdown happened you know we had many many months here like in sunday mornings and on sunday nights where we were just meeting and we were gathering and there seemed to be a real hunger and an anticipation of times of renewal and revival for us within the church guys we cannot give up on that we cannot give up on that we still need to be hungry and expectant for those things like never before during that time there was a quote from the the revival in the hebrides duncan campbell said this the supernatural working of God, the Holy Spirit, and revival power is something that no man can fully describe. And it would be folly to attempt it. 
There are, however, features of the Lewis revival which also characterize revivals of the past, one of which is the spirit of expectancy. What are we expecting for? And, and at the end, I'm, I'm going to leave some space and time just to, to ask that question. What are we expecting for, actually, in our lives at the moment? What is the expectancy of our heart? The, so let, let, let me just continue, continue in my story. One more thing. Sorry this has felt like just me talking about my life and boxes of eggs, right? But hopefully you're getting more than this out of it. What actually happened then was throughout this week, there was lots of stuff that was going on. Again, I felt like I had a, a teach that I wanted to bring this morning, and I was going to use just this as an analogy around the side of it. And on Friday, I was, Friday was set aside the morning just to get all my thoughts down in paper, start getting things sorted. And on Friday morning, I um, was get, getting ready and was getting the kids sorted, and I thought, I'd make scrambled egg again. And it was a completely different box of eggs, six box of eggs. And then this, again, that was just every single one of them were just double yolks, every single one. And, and it was in this moment I just felt like the spirits. I was saying to Lenny and the guys this morning that actually the, the teach that I was going to bring this morning, there was a, it was a word that I'd shared a few years ago, but I felt the freshness on it and I was going to bring it. But I felt the Spirit said to me last night, don't bring something old when I've given you something fresh. Don't bring something old when I've given you something fresh. And I want you to hear this, that this is a fresh word of the Spirit for us in season. And I want you to hear it in that way. But actually... Um, so, so what happened was that as, as I was going through this, like this was the, the first of the eggs. And I want you to just look at the picture of this because this is one of the final things I just want to press into this morning. What happened was so the egg, I cracked the egg and a double yolk came out. Actually, I felt that even before it, even as I opened the box, I felt like an expectancy in this. Now hear me, in this, I'm not a holy man that gets double yolks every single time. Now we've got some eggs on Saturday and they're all single yolks. So there we go, right? So, But on Friday, at this moment, when I was thinking about what I would share this morning, I felt it was a confirmation and an affirmation of the Lord around this word through this again. And in this, what actually happened was that as the eggs opened, and there it was, a double yolk. But what had happened was as I cracked the egg, you know, you get like some of those, like we, you don't, you don't get a clean half-cut egg, like you know. It's, but you get those wee jagged edges. And as the yolk came out, you'll see this at the top right. There's one of the double yolks started to crack a wee bit. It kind of ruined my picture <laughs> that I was doing with this. And then, and then the next egg that came out as well happened. There was two or three of them. I ended up pretty butchered <laughs> right by the end of it. And at the end, this is what the eggs all looked like. They were all double yolks. Some of them just didn't look very nice. <laughs> And yet there was a couple of things I felt for this. I think one of them actually is that this is probably a more realistic picture of the church. <laughs> that in the midst of our brokenness and imperfection, God is still out working his purposes. God is still out working his purposes. God is still out working his purposes. In the midst of your brokenness and your imperfection, God is still out working his pur purposes in your life. <laughs> God is still out working his purposes in the church at this time. And more than ever, we need to be expecting for a God who is at work <laughs> For God who is sovereign, for God who is in control, and this is a picture for us to hold on to. But you know what? One of the things that actually happened to me, so there's a line you gain in the bit of the, the nonsense that goes on in my head sometimes, is that as I took a picture of the first egg and it broke, and then the second one broke, I thought, oh, for goodness sake, and I set my phone down. And I thought, oh, I've messed it up. <laughs> I've messed it up. 
And when I got to the end with this, I was like, oh, we're going to, well, there's, yeah, there's some six eggs with double yolks, but I cracked a few of them. And then I think the, the spirit really was speaking to me around that stage, was really starting to get at me, but I think for many people in the room as well this morning, one of the major stumbling blocks that holds us back, I feel about where you're at it even in your life, and where maybe things have been even in the midst of disappointment the last number of months, or whatever it might be, one of the things that holds me back time and time again is this, perfectionism. Perfectionism. Do you know what it's like sometimes when you set your mind to something? You feel like, I'm going to do that. And the first time you don't do it, what's usually one of the things that comes into your mind? Well, sure, I'll just stop that now. You know what it's like, New Year's resolutions. Usually by the 3rd of January, people have blown it and they've given up a new diet that someone started, a new healthy eating thing. Maybe this is maybe just me speaking about myself again. But uh, you know what it's like? So like instead of eating five healthy days a week, you've only eaten two healthy days because you've given up after you ate the Mars bar on the second night. And you think, well, what's the point? You've blown it now. With your Bible reading plans, and your time in the Word, and you've said, aside, God, I'm going to do this. Each of the days you're going through, you may be reading the Bible in one year, and because you've missed a day, you think, well, there's no point. <laughs> One of the things that holds us back is perfectionism. And what we start to do is that we start to judge ourselves and we start to be critical. We start, what starts to develop is a root of discouragement because of perfectionism that happens in, in many of our hearts and lives. And yet one of the things that I feel is this, God is not expecting perfection. I want to say this morning, God as Father is not expecting perfection. He's just expecting hungry hearts. God knows in the midst of our humanity that there's going to be moments we'll not get it right. But he's expecting hungry hearts. Hearts that are desiring for him. Hearts that are expecting for him. Hearts that are going after him in this way. And this is why this word I feel more than ever. I just want to just boldly say this. Listen, I might pick that preach up the next time I'm here and bring it. We'll do it if I sense that that's okay. It's the right time for it. But this is what I sense for us. And this is what I just want to simply finish this morning and say again. This is the word of the Lord. I am about to do it again be expecting. I am about to do it again. Be expecting. Whatever God is doing in and through this all, we believe that God is bringing times of renewal. God is outworking his purposes here on earth. He's about to do it again. I feel that God is renewing his church. I feel that there are going to be many, many people that are going to be ushered into the kingdom over the next while. God is doing it again. I will maybe touch base on this at another point, but be expectant. Be expectant. God is on the move. One, one verse just to finish with, and then I'll just pray for us because we need to go get our kids. Time's up and Phil close us. You know, in, so here, here's a bit of a teach. You know, in Isaiah 61, Jesus stands up, sorry, in, in Luke's gospel at the beginning of his ministry, he enrolls the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. It's, it's Isaiah 61. That's the one where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointing me to proclaim good news to the poor. It's a mandate that is upon us all as the church. And then later on in Isaiah 61 and verse 7, it says this, instead of your shame, you see what happens with the, the sense of perfectionist is that there's a sense of shame and guilt that comes over our own lives. We judge ourselves. But this is what it says, instead of your shame, there shall be double portion. I still want to believe that this is a season of double portion for us. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion, and they shall have everlasting joy. I just feel like it's one of the things God just wants to renew in the house. 
It's a sense of joy in the Lord, <laughs> a sense of joy in him, a sense of joy in our own walk with him, that even those times when we've maybe tripped and we've fallen, you know that verse that I love, Proverbs 24, 16, though a godly person or a righteous person trips seven times, they will get up again because there's this small thing called grace that allows us to get up and to go again. And so get up, lift your heads up and be expectant because God is doing it again and about to do it again. Be expectant. What I would love you to do, let me just finish and pray for us. Let me just close your eyes. Let me just land that very personally for you. Phil can start making his way up to the stage here as, as we close off. But I would just love you just to ask the Holy Spirit just this one question just as I finish praying. Being expectant or expectation, as I've painted the picture of different things this morning, but I feel that there's something specific for you. And so I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit just in these last closing minutes, what do you want me to be expectant for in this season? What do you want me to be expecting for? What do you want our family to be expecting for in this season? Just allow the Spirit to minister and speak to you personally. So Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you that you're outworking your purposes in and through our lives. And God, I just pray for whatever those things are. God, give us the boldness to expect it and to believe it and to press into it and to take hold of all that you have for us. Thank you that you're outworking your purposes here on the earth. And God, thank you for this word. You're about to do it again. God, we're expecting as your people. We're expecting as your church. So come and have your way amongst us, we pray. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.